electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. Other people want to make friends, I'm just trying to make a little money. My job is not just to entertain you, but to educate and teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CNBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. How could the conventional wisdom be so darn wrong about the cyclical stocks? They're supposed to be the worst stocks to going into a mandated recession, not the best ones. Not anymore, though. Somehow they've become the two winners in this crazy moment. How is that possible? Because these are not your father's cyclicals. That's why. And if you're old enough to be a father or a grandfather, you better spend some time figuring out the new reality or else you'll keep missing the moves. Notice, I said keep because the hottest stocks now used to be the coldest stocks back at this point in the cycle when I was younger. Although the stocks took a breather today, Dow dipping 58 points, the S&P inching up 0.14%, NASDAQ actually gaining 0.4%. These all came from a much lower level. It was a nice snapback. I spent a lot of time thinking about this issue of these stocks that used to be bad that are now good. On my fishing trip off the coast of Panama, got a lot of time while you're you're waiting for those tuna to bite. So I mulled over the most confounding stocks in this market. Yes, these cyclical smokestack stocks typically do well when the economy is improving, not when it's deteriorating. Right now, it's definitely deteriorating. We're getting roasted by two conversations. Fed Chief Jay Powell had this with the Senate and the House over the last two days. And we're going to prep for Friday's barbecue. Why? A portfolio barbecue will occur because that's when we get the non-farm payroll report from the Labor Department. And it's doubtful that inflation's cooled that much from January when it was just a scorcher. The chatter's all about how the Fed's going to bust us with a 25 basis point or maybe a 50 basis point rate hike at the next open market committee meeting in two weeks. Hey, normally I endure the chatter and try to think against it even as I have to lean toward it simply because it controls so much the action. Not so much on my fishing trip, though. Don't worry, it was all catch and release, except for, okay, 
Down in Panama, I thought about some analogies. You could say the current moments, not unlike September of 1981, that's the last time the yield curve had the same shape, meaning the relationship between short-term rates and long-term rates was similar to what we're seeing now. Some would say that was a terrible time because it was just about to go into a nasty recession. But I remember it was one of the best times to buy stocks, different from a recession, investing. Okay? I made a ton of money personally right then. It didn't matter to us about the recession. It was the last even the beginning of a bull market that lasted 19 years. Which brings me back to the cyclical dilemma. You could argue that they're doing right now because maybe Wall Street's looking through a recession, the Fed's subsequent rate cuts. I think that's way too glib, though. What you have is a series of long bond buyers who are enjoying a roaring intellectual vacation. They can't be relied upon to be anything but chum for the rest of us. No, it, it ain't the yield curve that's driving the cyclicals. In reality, what's driving the cyclicals, why they're working is because they're not cyclical anymore. I drew up a list of what I thought were a dirty dozen bunch of companies that used to be tortured by rate increases, but are now doing incredibly well in the stock market. Now, maybe they aren't as dirty as they used to be with an acknowledgement that they weren't all public in previous rate cycles, but I know they existed in a much dirtier form when I was younger. So let's parse this old dirty dozen worth of companies that I would have shorted the heck out of. House of pain. At my old hedge fund, whenever I saw the same kind of action that the Fed was enduring, the yield curve, and how a Fed chief talked about raising interest rates even more aggressively to cool inflation. Why don't we start with two old Cleveland-based metal banders, uh, Eaton and Parker Hannafin. I always used to bet against Eaton going into recession because it, it made a bunch of connectors and gauges and valves and a lot. Their old business would get killed right about now, and you would expect Eaton, the stock, to look like this. Not the way it is now, where it's just been sloping up and not tumbling down. The reason? All you got to do is go to the website to see what, what changed. The Eaton of today is all about sustainable power, managing that power, and vehicle electrification, and building efficient vehicles that travel faster and farther and higher. How about Parker Hannafin? Now you're talking about hydraulic power, something you know we need a lot less of going to recession, right? Ah, but go to the website. And what you find is these days, Parker Hanfin's all about clean energy for sustainable future and the world's smallest all-electric tractor. They're the, the nuts and bolts, not of some dirty old engine, but wind turbines and solar panels. They help you comply with environmental regulations. Three, Ingersoll Rand, textbook cyclical. I know it is a maker of dirty roadside engines. You've seen them too. Yet the new Ingersoll Rand is all about reducing your company's carbon footprint. They increase industrial productivity, precisely what you need if you're a manufacturer worried about a recession. For Cummins. Oh, come on. This is a dirty old truck engine maker, right? No. It's now dedicated to zero emissions and electric vehicle charging. Never thought these guys would come out against typical internal combustion engines. But this very morning, Jennifer Rumsey, let's walk on the street, the new CEO revealed her zero carbon engine initiative, and it's believable and it will be profitable. Wow, Cummins. Next, I thought for a moment CloudPearl's website, right, CloudPearl's with us, right? CloudPearl's website has to be talking about the companies being the leader in earth moving equipment. Nope. Cat's urging you to go inside the mind of a Caterpillar data scientist. The darn company's become a data whisperer with a thinking machine attitude. The data talks, Cat translates. 
I knew Dover once as some company that made a bunch of th- things out of little valves and gauges and stuff and specialized in elevators. No, totally wrong. Dover exited elevators 25 years ago. The new Dover is now about clean energy and digital solutions for fueling. Who would have thought it? Here's two companies that's knucklehead new as air conditioning plays with some vents and heaters and boilers, carrier and train. I couldn't have been more wrong. They're companies that get you to be able to meet the next generation's difficult environmental regulations. They are, in a way, the most important linchpin in the fight against global warming because heating and air conditioning can be such huge greenhouse gas generators. When it comes to pollution, the old HVAC systems rival the old engines made by Caterpillar, Cummins, and Packard. Packard! There's another one. I go to Packard's website and what's the lead? Well, battery-powered trucks. Nobody wants to be known as anything they used to excel at. Hey, same goes for Johnson Controls. This is another HVAC company that's now anything but HVAC. According to Johnson Controls, they're, quote, powerful, impactful, sustainability, respectful, safety, and security, end quote. Nothing more paramount than sustainability, and safety never takes a vacation, nor does the creation of safety regulations. Talk about a secular growth story. Can we count on United Rentals at least be cyclical? These guys rent out equipment for pretty much every industrial construction application. You can imagine that stuff collapses in a recession. No. The website says United Rentals is your partner for a safe, productive, and sustainable worksite. Again, there's never an effort to lessen safety rules, is there? Not even in China. Productive? Well, that means anti-waste. Sustainable? It means ESG-oriented money managers can get away with buying the stock. Next, there's Rockwell Automation, pure play automation of factories. Sure, but also a, quote, global leader in digital transformation, end quote. I never would have known if I hadn't checked. The clean dozen? Is it a giant canard? Is it just a way to get the ESG crowd to bite? Actually, no, it isn't. I think there are many parts of these businesses that indeed look like the old smokestack companies from my generation, but for the most part, the transformation is real and more important for you, Mad Money viewers, very profitable. These companies figure out how to take control of their own destiny rather than bounce around the mercy, the slings and arrows of the Fed or the yield curve or anything else that's macro that we always talk about on air. They decide that the world's headed for decarbonization. And who the heck knows more about how to decarbonize than the one-time biggest enablers of pollution out there? Here's the bottom line. On Wall Street, what matters are the numbers. And there's so much work for those companies that help eliminate else, eliminate the waste, be sustainable, make things safer, less zero carbon digitize, that these stocks are buys, not sells, even in a slowing economy. I never would have seen this coming, but saving the planet's become a much more reliable business than despoiling it, and a lot more lucrative, too. Let's go to Langston in Texas. Langston. Booyah, Jim. Thanks for having me on the show. You really Uh, helped me increase the profitability of my portfolio. Ah, then I did good. Thank you, sir. Thank you. How can I help? My question is on Haynes Brands, HBI. After the dividend yes. cut, the stock fell out of bed and rolled around on the floor. But it seems to have stabilized since the board added Mark Urban. Is this a good opportunity to buy the dip and go long? Well, let's think about it like this. Let's look at the balance sheet. The debt side, I always say look at the balance sheet. The debt side is not great. They have way too much debt. I'm going to have to say take a pass on Haynes Brands. How about Sunny in Illinois? Sunny. Hey, Jim, a big investment club and get rich carefully. Booyah to you, my friend. Uh, you're a good man. The club is rocking today. It's good to be back. How can I help? Oh, man, you're a good man, too. Thanks for entertaining Thank and educating us and teaching us not to panic when the bid is low. 
Oh, and that's what keeps happening. We've got to stay, we got to stay away from that. How can I help? All right. Well, um, I'm very interested in the EV market, and I know Tesla is a dominant player, which is why I like this next company, who's run by the brilliant Peter Rawlison, who designed the Tesla Model S, and they're backed by the Saudis, who own 60% of the company. Do you think Lucid Motors would have a, a can penetrate the EV market, and can they potentially be an M&A target by Ford or GM that wants to have a stronger footprint in the EV space? Well, they have, they too, they have a lot of debt, sir. Uh, they don't have much in return. They're losing fortunes. They probably need money. So I think the answer is, is that a Ford or GM is unlikely to give them the money. They're more likely to view them as a company that they can put out of business or disrupt than a company that they think is worth investing in. I thank you for the kind comments about the club earlier. Look, saving the planet has become a much more reliable business than despoiling and it's a lot more profitable, too. So those stocks, instead of going like that, are actually going like this. Oh, man, money tonight. CrowdStrike jumped higher today after earnings. So has the cybersecurity company found what it takes to defend it itself against the bears on Wall Street? I'm talking to CEO. Then former chairman and CEO of IBM, Janine Rometty, is out with a new book called Good Power, all about leading with positivity. And I'm going straight to the source to learn more about the inspiration for the book and, of course, her tenure at IBM. And what may be next? And tonight, CNBC is launching Last Call with my friend Brian Sullivan, 7 p.m. And I'm finding out more about the new installment with that new host, Brian, who I'm so thrilled for. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. What do we do with fast-growing tech companies that are putting up fantastic numbers in an environment where the Fed looks ready to ramp up its war against inflation? And that sometimes has been very bad for these stocks. Take CrowdStrike. 
the cloud-native cybersecurity firm that I've liked since it came public. Here's one that racked up huge gains for the peak in late 2021 and then plunged along with the rest of its cohort. By the time it bottomed this January, it lost 69% of its value. Not so nice. Since then, the stock's made a ferocious comeback from 92 to just under 129 in roughly two months. And last night, CrowdStrike reported a magnificent quarter, beating expectations comfortably on every key line. Management also issuing very strong guidance for both the current quarter and the full year. Management sounds incredibly confident about the future. The guys have a pretty tremendous track record. CrowdStrike's reported 15 times since coming public. It's never once missed the sales or earnings estimates. Wow. But it is a tricky environment for fast-growing cybersecurity outfits. So, what, what, what is it at this time when the Fed's talking tough? What does it mean? And is it going to hurt their future? Let's check in with George Kurtz. He's the co-founder and CEO of CrowdStrike. Get a better read on the situation. Mr. Kurtz, welcome back to Mad Money. Great to be here with you, Jim. So, George, you acknowledge to some degree that there's some problems, elongated cycles, you use the words. But frankly, I, I can't even detect any slowdown whatsoever in your business. If anything, there's an acceleration toward a, a more complete offering that you have. Well, I think when you look at the macro environment, um, obviously there's been elongated sales cycles, but we really try to get in front of them uh, this quarter and, and really focused on uh, selling the value to customers. And, you know, when you think about customers and security, it's really hard to put critical security spend on pause and, and pause it indefinitely. So, you know, we saw a great Q4 uh, we saw a great January, and I think you know organizations are really understanding that security is critical to saving money, keeping their costs down, and obviously keeping them safe. Well, you make a point. Uh, say, for instance, Microsoft, which a lot of companies just use by default. Several times you call it a low-cost, good enough promise in an environment where good enough just isn't good enough, is it? Well, it isn't. Uh, you have to realize that the Microsoft uh, technology is still signature-based. Just yesterday, they had six signature updates. Um, there's a reason why CrowdStrike was started, because it has a much different model. It's an AI-driven model. We don't have to update our technology every day to keep up with the threats. It can actually predict whether something is good or bad. And that means a lot in keeping customers safe. And when we think about Microsoft itself, uh, we have many customers that maybe have uh, Microsoft technology, but they still layer CrowdStrike on top of existing uh, Defender technology to provide an additional level of security. And that's what's important, keeping customers safe and stopping the breaches, which is why I started the company. The only uh, thing that I saw that related to the Fed at all in this call, to be honest, is that your CFO said you took opportunities you saw in the labor market. People are laying off good people for you, right? Well, what we talked about is uh, we did some some tremendous hiring last year, so we're going to significantly moderate the pace of hiring uh, this year in 23. Uh, but what he was referring to is there is a tremendous labor pool that's out there, and we want to make sure that we get the best candidates for CrowdStrike. And we're still investing uh, in our business. When you look at our sales efficiency number, uh, 1.1 on a magic number basis, this incredibly efficient business, and uh, we're not going to we're not going to let up in making sure that we can capture this tremendous market in front of us. And what does that mean? It means tremendous free cash flow generation, a record free cash flow uh, of over 209 million at 33 percent operating cash flow margin. So we're going to invest strategically where we need to, but we're going to be very balanced on on adding headcount. Are you worried that the institutions on Wall Street aren't willing to look at uh, non-GAAP numbers anymore and insisting on GAAP profitability? Or do you think that they see through that and understand that free cash flow is really the best way to look at your company? I think free cash flow is the best proxy. You have to look at a couple of different things. 
uh, we've only been public three years, uh, number one, right? And you have to look at our business. We're not a, uh, a box company, right? We're not a perpetual license company. It's all ratable revenue, which is the most valuable kind of revenue, and that takes time to ramp. And when you actually look at our non-GAAP numbers, right, we take out stock-based compensation, it, it really, uh, that's what it's a function of. And as a, an emerging company, we continue to make sure we attract and retain the best people, and uh, that will moderate over time. So free cash flow, I think, is the best proxy to how healthy our business is. And at 33%, uh, we're in rarefied air. All right, so I keep seeing these same companies, uh, and I know that propelling the growth. You talk about multiple point products, Symantec in there, Trellix is in there, Trend Micro's in there. I mean, why are these companies, why does anyone use these companies? Well, it's a huge market, uh, and, and this is a, the great part about our opportunity. We're number one in market share at 17.7%, according to IDC. So great, we're number one. It's still a fraction of the overall market. And over time, security has really become a fragmented market. Because we're taking a platform approach, really the sales force of security, as I always say, this gives us the ability over time to consolidate that spend, which is what we're doing with customers. We're consolidating their agents, consolidating spend, and reducing complexity, and giving them a better outcome, which is stopping breaches. Some people uh, criticize me for buying Palo Alto for my travel trust. And uh, knowing that I like CrowdStrike, to me, the issue is not Palo Alto versus CrowdStrike, from what I can tell. It's this huge incumbent group that has to go because they're costing a fortune not doing the job. And it's so much business in the cloud that there's room for everybody. Well, it's a big market. And what's important to realize in security, Jim, is that security technologies parallel the slope of the technology curve, meaning as technology gets more sophisticated, you need security products that are very specialized to protect against those, those new technology innovations. We, we protect a certain sub, subset of the market, endpoint security, data, cloud security. Uh, Palo Alto obviously has a huge firewall business and some other cloud offerings. And there are many other security companies out there. The point is we need to provide the best platform for customers to make the right choice to put the pieces together uh, and focus on, on the best of breed platforms that are out there. And we're certainly one of them. Finally, I, I thought it was interesting that you teamed up with Dell. I mean, especially Dell's buying VMware, which is, uh, w- w- which at the same time, as we know, is also Carbon Black, which you mentioned is beating at one point in your uh, conference. You beat, beat Carbon Black. But this Dell could be a significant one because they're into a lot of different shops. Well, yes, we had a, uh, we had a relationship uh, early on with Dell and then because of the VMware Carbon Black relationship, um, that was put on pause. But now that that relationship has changed, um, we're excited to be back with Dell. Uh, they've seen the demand from their customers in securing endpoints and managed services and, and their device as a, a service offering. So um, there's many routes to market, including being shipped on uh, the Dell boxes for business customers and even having uh, Dell reps get compensated on selling CrowdStrike uh, Falcon subscription. So uh, it's early days for us. We're incredibly excited uh, about partnering with them. And um, I think it could be a a meaningful part of our business uh, in the future years. Yeah, I know you would not have mentioned that because you're not for dross and you're not for show. It's going to be a meaningful deal. I want to thank you, as always, George Kurtz, co-founder, president of CrowdStrike, who delivered still one more great quarter. Great to have you on the show, sir. Great. Thank you so much, Jim. May have money back Coming up, where is she now? The former CEO of IBM joins Kramer with the latest on her fulfilling second act. Next. 
From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve. With the help of T-Mobile for Business, our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is Constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash mad money. Just go to Indeed.com slash mad money right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mad money. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. As a society, we tend to idolize power here in America. But we spend a lot less time thinking about how power gets used, especially in business. Which brings me to Ginny Rometty, the former chair and CEO of IBM, who's just come out with a new book, Good Power, Leading Positive Change in Our Lives. Work and world, there's so much in this book. Rometty's a trailblazer in the tech industry, the only female CEO in IBM's history, a turnaround artist who breathed new life into a state, state business, but also I mean, really made the company to, to something that could make it and thrive during this period. She also did a ton of things to uplift others, something that continues through her charitable work in organizations like 110, which aims to close the opportunity gap for black talent in America, and her championing of skills-first hiring, meaning hiring based on job skills, not pedigree. Oh, my God, I love that part of the book. She writes about this at length in Good Power, along with remarkably candid recap of her ascent through the tech industry. Wow, and it's... It's very sincere. We want to know more, so let's take a closer look. With Ginny Remetti, the former chair and CEO of IBM and author of Good Power. Mr. Remetti, congratulations. Welcome back to Mad Money. Uh, thank you, Jim. It is so good to be back with you and Ginny, for this. Oh, Ginny, you do things in this book that are incredible. I, I do want to cut right to something that I think is really important. I don't want to miss it. You were the first CEO I've ever heard who said, you know, it's worth taking a risk on someone who didn't get the four-year degree. And you pioneered it, and it worked. It worked. It worked. And, and there were a lot of people that doubted it because it's just some built-in bias in right. so many jobs in this country, good jobs that you could raise a family of four on, require a four-year degree. And what I found in my work is, I would bet, Jim, 50% of good jobs are over-credentialed, 50%. That means we're leaving behind so many people in... 65% of Americans do not have a college degree. 80% of black Americans do not have a college degree. But like my mom, you read in the book, right. she didn't have a college degree either. Right. But she had skills. She's not, she wasn't, as I say, she wasn't stupid. She had aptitude. Just no access, right? So right. this is, I have been convinced. We studied it. You know, we got the numbers just as effective. They are just same performance. Oh, it took a little bit of time, maybe a year. Right. More loyal, more retentive, learn more. 
it's like a really great formula for a business. Well, when you hire someone from Pathways and Technology, early college, P-Tech, that person's less likely to job hop Absolutely. versus someone you might get out of. I don't want to disparage any Ivy League school, but you and I both know that person's on the make. Yep. Yes. And you know what else? And Jim, you were one of the first people to support P-TECH. Jim actually hosted uh, the graduation for the kids. Yeah, well, the kids are, I mean, these are the first first classes. These were a six-year high school, right? And you know what's really interesting? Another metric to prove it, you're a numbers guy. They take more education than my employees with four-year degrees. Isn't that an interesting, interesting learning? They love to learn. And if you're going to hire for one thing in this world, it's going to be somebody who loves to learn. All right, so let's go into power versus good power. Yep. People have power. You talk about that. CEOs have power. Good power means, in this, say, in this case, say, inventing a, a new cloud path for the company or inventing a, a, a new collar path for these young people. Yes. Yeah. I, I was really worried that people, you read the newspaper, power gets a very negative stereotype. But I think you'd be the first to agree, I think to actually change things, you need power. power. So I want more people to see that, look, I think there's a good way to do power. You know, go towards tension, but do not divide people. Do it with respect and celebrate some progress and you'll make, pro- you'll make progress. But you give up three-step knowledge, credibility to trust to earn that power yes. and to keep being respected. This is a journey, knowledge, credibility, trust that most people don't don't go through, but they should. They should. And I think that that to me, you know, I started, you said about tech. I've, I've been in tech for almost five decades, believe it or not. And when I started, I was an only woman. And it's still, in too many cases, an only right. woman. And to me, knowledge was my only shield. To, and it then turned into confidence, right? And then you feel like, God, I can contribute something. It's just such an important thing, I think, for everybody to go through. Now, you have done such great things with young people. Now, now you're working with 110 Coalition and Skills First. These are both issues. You, I, I want you, you got the floor because I okay. thought this 110 was explosive and you're doing something. One million black Americans by 2030. You're, these are real commitments. So you're going to call people yes. out who don't do it, I bet. But yes. I know you're going to praise no, people who do. No, but I'm going to praise a lot that right, do. That's, that's good power, okay? Okay, that's I right. I am not that's dividing. Right. I'm uniting. No, I know. And same way you said that, you got to talk to President Trump. It's not a time to divide. It's a time, time to, to unite. unite. So go ahead. Thank you, sir. Unite away. Okay, so 110. This is a coalition uh, co-founded with my other co-founders. You know Ken Chenault, American yes. Express. Uh, you know Kevin Shearer from Angen. Yep. You, uh, you know Ken Frazier, All obviously, titans. from Merck. All Titans. That's right. Charles Phillips, Oracle. Yeah. And some Chuck. of the. I used to you know. call him Chuck. You're not allowed to call him Oh, I still call him Charles. <laughs> I know so long ago, but he's fantastic. All founders. And so uh, Ken Frazier and I are the two co-chairs. And it's, we said, and I think it's a good example of good power, meaning we all start individually, then maybe we, power of me, mm-hmm. power of we, and then the power of us. Ken and I are at that point of our life that, you know, we can take what we've learned and we got a hundred of other companies in this country, great companies, Delta, Cleveland Clinic, Bank of America, you, you name it, to join this coalition, Merck, Johnson & Johnson, it's a long That's list. fantastic. Uh, General Motors. And we said to everybody, okay, two sides of this. I want you to really reevaluate how you do hiring. Go through every job. Can it be skills first? Can you remove that false barrier of a four-year degree and give people a chance? Write the skills down, right? And by the way, it's going to do better for your own employees. Absolutely. And then we went and we, now, then we said, okay, we got to go out to the community colleges, to all these skills providers, because people do have to have a skill. Yes. And we said, we're going to first work on this with the, with the black community. It was mm-hmm. really on the heels of the murder of George Floyd when we said what business can do best 
is give economic opportunity to deserving people. So, but every barrier we're ripping down together is really a systemic barrier for every underrepresented group. So we are now entering year three and we have hired and promoted a little over 100,000 people. So we're kind of hitting the knee of our curve. You are scale. I mean, you keep saying so we're going to scale. You, you, you try to, you, a lot of you are saying, can you do good on scale? Can you help society? You, you answered it. Yeah, we can't keep saying, no, you can't, because you're doing it right I now. I think we can. And that's why I say quietly, the hard work, you know, Delta Airlines removed it, the barrier of a college degree for pilots. Pilots, the sort of the last bastion here. And it doesn't mean that they don't have the skill. They got it another way, and they can help them get more skill. Uh, Cleveland Clinic just went knock-knock around the whole neighborhood in a very poor neighborhood there and hired 150 people. I mean, this is, they're everywhere. To me, this is about a new talent pool. It is right under our nose if we just approach it right. Well, so I, I tell you, I'm proud that I know you. I usually don't say stuff on a show like this, but you're amazing. And, no. and, you know, most people say they can change things. You're changing things. Thank you. There's no, no one has any excuse. If they read this book, they have no excuse not to find themselves in a good power situation. And they can change things just like you did, Jimmy, and are doing. Thank you so much for coming on our show on the first Thank day. Thank you for being such a really great supporter. You're amazing. That's Senior Meddy, the former CEO and chair of IBM, author of the new book, Good Power, which, by the way, is a page turner, particularly when she talks about what it's like to be in a very difficult situation at IBM when you first got there and how you pioneered everything. Here's something. Mad Money's back after the break. Coming up, last call. Mad Money has a new next-door neighbor on the schedule. Brian Sullivan sits down with Kramer before he kicks off his brand-new show. Next. Tonight, immediately after the show ends, a new era begins here on CNBC with the premiere of Last Call. It's a fast-paced, entertaining, thoughtful business show focused on the intersection of money, culture, and policy. Best of all, it's hosted by my good friend Brian Sullivan. He's a CNBC veteran who most recently hosted Worldwide Exchange at 5 a.m., which I constantly exchange in a back scene dialogue, texting and everything, while still leading much of our network's energy coverage, including this week when he's been reporting live terrifically from Sarah Week Conference in Houston. Really, everything you need to know oil and gas. I can't wait to see what Last Call does with the 7 p.m. hour. But I am so thrilled to hear more about it from Brian himself. Brian, welcome to Man Bunny. It's an honor to be here, Jim. And I, I did one thing right and one thing wrong. Number one, I wore my Kelly Green Eagles tie. The, what is this, the 1987 <laughs> Eagles color? Just for you. But this background behind me, we could change it. I know you're a New York guy now. We should have put Philly up for you. Well, I would have appreciated that. Although Philly's really not much of an oil and gas or anything. I want to talk about your show. Uh, as you know, I never missed you. I don't know how many years you're doing the five, but I always loved you and have loved you. And yes, it would have been good to fill it because you're always nice to pop when you come to the games with me. And it always chills me to see you because I know what you're really like and how great you are. But I am so thrilled that you got this slot because I think you've got so much more to say. And this is going to be your chance to do it, isn't it? Well, you were a huge supporter of Worldwide Exchange. And by the way, I hope you still tune in and everybody still does. And Jim, you know, you would tweet at us and email us. And I don't, you, you, you slept less than we did. And so we always appreciated. <laughs> your support and do now we're following a legend. I mean, literally uh, mad money to, to last call. So it's an exciting show. It's a totally different opportunity, right? I mean, like, for example, you had that awesome interview with CrowdStrike. So where would we do that on last call? Well, what we'd probably do, we might run sound from you, by the way, but then also talk about 
the, the trillions of dollars that might be at risk from hacking and all the money corporations have to put in. We're going to try to take all these big stories and pull them out in maybe a little more of a, a policy perspective, macroeconomic. Tonight, we're leading with the budget. Where does all the money go? We've got uh, Vivek Ramaswamy on. We'll talk about that. We've got Ro Khanna, the Democrat from California. So a little policy, economics. I also, I want to have a little fun. And even, Jim, even, I hope you appreciate this, maybe on like Fridays, we might even do some like sports betting stuff. Why not? Let's have some fun. It's money. It works for me. Now, I want to talk about a typical interview you did this. Uh, yet you uh, interviewed Jim Fitterling yesterday. He's from Dow, Dow Chemical. Okay, he's from now Dow. We don't call it chemical. And I think that you are the guy who can say to him, wait a second. I'm around the world. I see pollution everywhere. It's plastic. And I want to know, how do you sleep at night? See, I, that kind of question doesn't really it lend itself to this show, which I'm trying to figure out whether people should buy Dow. I don't think mm-hmm. you're going to be pigeonholed by whether to buy or sell a stock. Correct? No, not, not, not that's that's you. That is mad money. Nobody does it better. That's the investing club. That's not what we're going to do. We'll take the stories of the day to your point and try to make them a little bit broader, a little bit more macro. You know, it's like I think about like not everybody may have the stock market in common, Jim, although you certainly want them to. And with your help, they right. can do it. But also, I think everybody kind of probably does have money, just money right. in common. They want more. They want to keep what they got. So we're going to take everything kind of. You know, from that angle, by the way, you know what CNBC anchor's dad used to work for Dow Chemical and who was born in Midland, Michigan, Mr. Carl Quintanilla. There you go. Yes, I know from I know from going to games with him, too. Now, I want to ask you, you did unbelievable breakthrough reporting when you went to the Netherlands, when you went to Europe during the, the, what we knew was a, a skyrocket natural gas, which you understood was just deathly for these guys. Would you mm-hmm. be willing to take on, a, let's say, a long campaign about whether it was right to be what happened to Germany? Will New England be like what happened to Germany? Will you shut stuff down that's, that's fossil fuel? Will you take on these issues? No one in the country is taking on these issues. They're not, and it is, it's a shame. So I, flying home from Houston last night, I actually posted a picture to Twitter and Instagram, Jim, of Philadelphia. I flew, we, I flew right over it on United. It was a beautiful, clear night. Took a picture and flew over that area where there used to be that refinery. The refinery that sure. dangerously, dangerously exploded. Terrifying. Luckily, it wasn't a bigger disaster. It's now been torn down. It's never coming back. And you can say, okay, that's a win for the environment as it is. But we were dangerously close to running out of jet fuel and other refined products this summer. We can take stuff offline like that, or it takes itself off in that case, Jim. But we have to be intellectually honest enough to admit that we're going to need to put more stuff on. And to Dow Chemical's point, there's some things that wind and solar cannot do. They're not making plastics necessarily, unless you make them out of hydrogen, in which case right now it'd be like $150 for a gallon of milk. Well, see what I love. This is not going to be uh, on the one hand on the other about that issue. You're going to have the right people. You will have the right discussion. These issues are heartfelt in America. I think there's one another tons of room on the stock up buy, sell, buy, sell. But when you're talking about something like Germany becoming hostage to Russia, all we hear about is left, right in Washington. It's nothing to do with left or the right, is it? Nothing. Oh. No, it's not. And, and it shouldn't be that much here either. It's kind of a shame we get dumped into, like, which team are you on nowadays? But welcome to America. But you're going to change that, Brian. We're going to try because I think the color we care about is green, not red or blue. I, I think that's kind of how, in fact, that's actually we're going to start the show like a little monologue. I wrote it just a short while ago. I kind of actually say that because I want people to know we got Democrats, Republicans. I don't care. Right. If you've got something important and intellectually honest and intellectually honest 
to say. We'll have you on. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, candidly, I've known you forever. I have no idea what your politics are, and I don't care. I don't think you want it's, – it's irrelevant. But what you're going to do is you're going to get at the matter. And that's why I cannot wait for last call for one of my absolute favorite guys on CBC. You're good, buddy. Jim, I'm honored. The kind words. I'm blushing a little bit, or maybe I'm wearing blush. Jim, you're the best. Thank oh, you. I can't wait to watch your show. Thank you so much for coming on our show, Brian. Great to see you. That's Brian Sullivan. He's the host of Last Call, which premieres tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern on CNBC right after Mad Money. Believe me, you do not want to miss this program or this guy who is so sensational. You need to be watching. Mad Money's back after the break. Coming up, Kramer takes her calls and the sky is the limit. It's a fast fire lightning round next. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Ski Daddy? Time for the lightning round. Let's start with Eric in Delaware. Eric. Hey, Jim. Uh, thank you yeah, for Eric. what you do. My stock is thank MP Materials. I you know, MP Materials it. had a really good quarter, and then it got clobbered because Tesla said it may not be using as much rare earth materials. I think it is a buy. I like management, too. Let's go to Frank in Virginia. Frank. Hey, Jim, how's it going? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing good, man. I can't complain here in Virginia. Excellent. <laughs> What's stuff? Well, well, I got cryoport for you. I got a, about 125 shares. You know, it's it's very good spec. Very good spec packaging. It's much less uh, esoteric than a lot of the others. I kind of like it. Kind of a, you know, ancillary play. Let's go to Joseph in New York. Joseph. Yeah. How are you, my friend? Booyah! I'm doing well, Joseph. Booyah to you. What's going on? What's going on from Brooklyn? By the way. Perfect. Uh, uh, UPET. What do you think about uh, that stock? Uh, the way to be able to automate repetitive, uh, it just didn't work. It's got to know. It's just too speculative. I'm sorry. Let's go to Nicolina in Missouri. Nicolina. Booyah. Jimmy, thank you so much for taking my call today. I'm calling My about pleasure. What's up? FSR Fisker Inc. Um, last week, CEO Hunter Fisker announced that they are still on target to produce 42,000 vehicles this year with the support of their partner, Magna. This production, combined with their asset light business model, have Fisker in a position to be potentially EBITDA positive this year. Amongst EV plays, do you see Fisker as a good long-term investment? Uh, of these, of these, I'm actually one of It doesn't have a lot of debt. It's got a good board. I think it's a decent spec. Could go to five before it goes to ten. But you know, I, but I am, I am saying it's a decent spec. Let's go to Charlie in New York. Charlie. Yeah. Hi. Charlie. Hi, Jim. Um, been a big fan of yours for a long time. I'm a member of the club, and I have a question. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. About a year ago, I bought uh, some Intuit. I sold some about two months ago. And okay. now I'm wondering what I do with the rest of it. No, um, I want you to hold on to it. It's a really superior company. A lot of people are just playing this in April, you know, April 15th tax day thing. No, 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 no. It's a way to be able for small business, be able to compete with big business. And I am in support of that, mo- that movement. And they make money when they're doing it. Tom in Missouri. Tom. Hey, Jim. How are you? Thanks for taking my I'm call. I'm good. How are you? Of course. Good. I liked your uh, fish picture this morning. Hey, um, oh, the stock you. I'm asking about. <laughs> you're welcome. The stock I'm asking about is um, 
uh, for like a one-year hold at least, and it is FIGS, F-I-G-S. Well, I'll tell you, I don't like fashion apparel or even anti-fashion apparel. I don't like apparel. And therefore, I think that as much as I think that this is a very good idea and they may actually be profitable, again, it is just a spec and no more. Notice I didn't say it's not worth owning. I just wanted to clarify that it is a spec. Let's go to Bruce in South Carolina. Bruce. Hello, Jim Kramer. Shout out from South Carolina. Jim, I'm dancing with the natural gas widow maker. My Chenier position, symbol LNG, is suffering. I'm retired, and I won't need the money for three years. Do I hold? Oh, okay. You just, you just gave me the situation where I'm not worried about it. Look, if we get a hot summer, that thing's going to be at 200 bucks. Maybe it shouldn't trade on the weather, but right now it does. I like the situation. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, like P.T. Barnum said, there's an investor born every minute. Wait, that's not right. But it could be. Kramer explains next. Tomorrow, kick off the trading day with Squawk on the Street. Live from Post 9 at the NYSE. Will the machine mock me like you mock me? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, it He's will. got plenty of source material. Exactly. It'll just recreate my voice anyway and take all the things that I have mocked you and it'll just be an endless mocking. Program it to respect me. <laughs> I'll work on that. It all starts at 9 a.m. Eastern. That is a tough job. It's fighting against inflation is one step forward, two steps back sometimes. That's how I feel when a company like Bed Bath & Beyond can raise capital here, where we work can restructure its debt, or Carvana catches an uplift in used car prices. I mention all of these because the Fed's hitting the brakes in the economy, and normally, in this kind of environment, these are the outfits that would fall first. Yet right now, the only notable casualty of this entire rate hike cycle is Party City a third-tier retailer that probably would have failed even if the Fed were cutting rates. And even Party City is just merely restructuring, not being liquidated, a sign of hope where I think no hope should exist. Ah, this is a tough memory for the Fed. On the one hand, you have a powerful politician. People like Elizabeth Warren were talking about how the Fed's trying to destroy jobs. She was hectoring Jay Powell about this, arguing that he may throw too many people out of work. On the other hand, we've got a major labor shortage in this country, perhaps, well, the worst labor shortage since World War II. It's so bad that two million extra workers might not be enough to cool this economy. Yes, jobs are that plentiful. I don't blame elected politicians for trying to protect jobs at all costs, but that's why the Fed is an independent agency. They need to be able to bring the pain to inflation, even if voters might not like it. Powell correctly pointed out that inflation erodes everyone's purchasing power, and it's much worse for poorer people than wealthier ones. Whereas losing your job in this environment simply isn't that bad because it's never been easier to find work. But the Fed's struggling to beat inflation here in large part because seemingly doomed companies just refuse to die. The deal that kept Bed Bath alive is hard to understand, but it's amounted to cynical hedge funds financing the company, then flipping those securities to fools who really believe Bed Bath could make it. WeWork had no right to do an IPO, too much of a shambles. But it could do a SPAC merger, and it did. Uh, One that actually went to a premium. 
This company lost more than $2 billion in its last 12 months. It had negative $1 billion in free cash flow. Its revenues have been going nowhere. I think it's a joke that we work even exists. It should have been crushed a long time ago. But because the markets were so easy, it's still alive. Lots of people told me that Carvana couldn't make it because of a collapse in the price of used cars, crushing the value of their inventory. Oops, used car prices are now soaring. Inventory's good. Darn thing could also do a similar bed bath style financing. Now, some of these are truly the fault of the Fed. Maybe if they took rates up earlier, some of these outfits would have rolled over by now. But the real issue here is that there's so much money sloshing around because we got full employment. People are eager to fund these marginal companies, betting that they're getting in on the ground floor of a truly tremendous opportunity. I think it's a joke, but in this tape, they can convince themselves that it's possible. They can even find someone to sell to someone that's more stupid than they are. Until we eliminate the anything's possible mentality, the Fed will keep failing in its efforts to cool down the economy. The good news for the Fed is the IPO market is still pretty much closed. Otherwise, these foolish buyers would be snapping up all sorts of junk. The bad news, we have so many individual and private equity buyers that there's always money for any pitiful enterprise. Anything. Anything in the same world will be put out of its misery. That punt money must be wiped out before the Fed can get things under control. But there's just so much of it, and it sure feels like there's a sucker born every minute in this Fed nightmare of a stock market. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere. I promise I'll try to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you tomorrow. The premiere of Last Call starts now. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.